Hi Phoebe, how are you? I'm going well. Um, I'm super happy to have the opportunity to chat with you this morning. So thank you for having me on the show. That's all right. Um, can you please tell us about your practice and what does it entail? Sure. So I'm a paper collage artist and I run a small freelance styling project called Thieves Lot. Um, people sometimes ask me what Thieves Lot means. <laughs> it's just a childhood nickname. And I just use the name because this part of my practice focuses mainly on passion projects. So I try not to really focus on things that my heart isn't in and it's more about just things that I'm super into and less about the businessy side of things. So I've always really loved collaboration and working with other creatives. I'd say that's a huge part of my practice. And yeah, it really brings out the best of me. That's one of the things I seek out most in my practice is learning and talking to new people and experiencing new things. Yeah, so I usually work in big teams um, when I'm styling and everybody brings to the table their own passion for what they do and um, they're in excellence in their field. So we have makeup artists and hairstylists, models, agency reps and photographers and sometimes I work with florists, um, set designers. So just depending on the needs of the shoot, um, there are a lot of different people involved and teamwork is super essential to getting um, a good quality product at the end. And it's also really fun. <laughs> so yeah, I think like teamwork's a big part of my practice and we've produced some super gorgeous and polished and sometimes really like bold and experimental fashion editorials where our work has been published in quite a few local and international fashion magazines which is something I'm really proud of um but yeah and it's also really nice to feel recognized for your work it's something um when we get published it's like an amazing thing for the team something to celebrate and it just brings everyone together but um yeah I guess once I started um building more of a paid client base probably about a year and a half ago when things kind of like ramped up a little bit and that's when I decided to expand the project into something a bit more probably like businessy, I would say. Um, and then from my studies in visual communications, um, I went to UTS and I'm qualified in the realm of graphic design where I also do a bit of freelance work. So um, I've recently been working on a big rebranding project, which I am really looking forward to showcasing at the end of the year, but that's still quite a while away. <laughs> These <laughs> graphic design projects are like a little less instant, I guess, um, and the styling projects are like a little bit more, um, you to see the results a little bit quicker. <laughs> so that's, they kind of differ in that way as well. Um, I like them both, but I do kind of like the instant nature of um, working in fashion um, as a like a faster turnaround. Oh yeah. So how has COVID nineteen affected your practice? Um, my practice is normally super collaborative. I love working with other people, as I said, and working on um, larger projects with a few different 
brains involved. Um, yeah, I just think it's really amazing when everyone puts their minds together and you can come up with some crazy things. And then you've got um, you've got all these different people that can help you carry out a big idea that you would be able to carry out by yourself. Um, and yeah, having discussions with other creatives and verbalizing things, expressing ideas in um, more of like a physical space really brings out my creative side. So obviously due to COVID <laughs> social distancing restrictions, um, my preferred style of collaboration has become a little bit tricky. Like I'll give an example because I think maybe that wasn't super clear, <laughs> but um, when I'm styling, we usually have a studio space or like an outdoor area, but it's just like a kind of allocated physical space where the work happens. So everyone will meet up and then everyone kind of jumps into their role and starts doing what they need to do. But there's always an ongoing discussion within the space um, about where should the model stand um, and how should they pose to like the backdrop, the lighting. And I think when people are moving around, like even just like facial expressions and body language and there's just this like energy in the room when people are kind of like running around I really enjoy that and I think it makes me more creative when I'm in that environment if that makes sense oh yeah <laughs> um so yeah it's not impossible to kind of um have conversations over like zoom and whatnot but it's definitely become a little bit more tricky but I've found actually I would say my digital art practice has been easier to undertake with restrictions than styling because it does involve less physical contact with clients and people who I um, collaborate with. So, <laughs> yeah, I think fashion really thrives in like a physical space um, and the design is literally interacting with someone's body, if that makes sense. So, yeah. as, a, as a stylist, um, when I'm working with that like you're working with a model who's wearing the clothes and how they wear the clothes and it's all about um the piece's interaction with the body so i'm working super closely <laughs> with the person wearing the clothes to make sure what they when they're photographed um what they're showing is like everything that needs to be captured and also there are some things that you don't want to be captured <laughs> which also <laughs> needs to be um amended um, so there's a lot of like fitting that I do like on the spot as well, which is really hard when you need to stay a meter and a half away from somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, whereas I think, um, when people will see artworks such as paintings, I know there are obviously a lot of different, um, art mediums as performance art, like we were talking before about before there's, um, installations, projections, um, sculpture, all of those kind of revolt like in the physical space. But I think with something like a painting, um, the environment will always affect how we perceive something. But I think with something like that, the viewer can see an artwork in a studio space or digitally, even like in Virtuoso Gallery. And it can still have that kind of same or similar emotive impact on the viewer, if that makes sense. So like, I think with styling, there is a bit of that missing. All right. Um, so, uh, what has been the most difficult thing about lockdown for you? Um, 
probably um, creative block. <laughs> and it's just like more difficult to get inspiration. I'm a really kinesthetic, like visual person, and I love having a hands on project and kind of experimenting with things with my hands and like in a space. Um, and I naturally seek most of my inspiration from the outside world, usually. <laughs> so. <laughs> that's from like interacting with people and from the environment and environment being like yeah like nature and if I'm out on a bushwalk but it could also just be like wandering around um a super busy shopping center or a really interesting um part of the neighborhood or I just like people watching (laughs) (laughs) so the fact that there isn't as much people watching to do and face-to-face interactions has made it um definitely trickier for me to feel inspired um but yeah I I guess it's also challenged me to find new ways of looking at things and I'm not just going to stop creating because I don't have that anymore so I think inspiration can come from anywhere and it has been really tricky um but I guess like there are other things that you can do while you're inside to find inspiration um so I've tried like reading more and also (laughs) researching random things like you know when you're having a conversation with someone and um somebody says something or like is talking about a topic and you just have no idea what that is or there's a word and you don't know the definition or like a really just random thing that you never thought of and I've been trying to kind of google those things more and just expose myself to things that I don't know as much about lately now that I also have the time um yeah and also just reflecting more as well I think that's always been part of my practice but it's interesting because for me there has been yeah some positive impacts um from COVID it's made me kind of do those things and it's challenged me my collage work is super reflective and emotional so I actually have been making more collages lately um and there's been a shift in my practice like I'm not doing as much styling stuff um and I'm doing more graphic design projects and um more collage art and it's almost out of convenience (laughs) it's just the perfect thing to do while I'm stuck inside I think collage especially helps me reflect and to process things creatively and emotionally like being stuck inside and not seeing as many people and not going outside as much I think like it's easy for our brains to just be like whoa mm-hmm. there's, there's not as many outlets um for us to kind of process things collage definitely helps me process things um yeah creatively and emotionally so it's helped me stay sane essentially oh <laughs> um, awesome good. yeah <laughs> um <laughs> So, yeah, I think I would love to have an exhibition um, if and when restrictions loosen um, and galleries open up, just to um, showcase some ISO collages, because they have been a little bit different to my normal ones. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, stay tuned. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Have you heard of IRL to URL? No, I haven't. What's that all about? Um, so a few galleries have um, created online exhibiting opportunities. Um, 
I'm not sure how they're working. Um, I applied for, um, I think there was the Lane Cove, Lane Cove Gallery. They had um, a call out, a themed call out called Shelter Domestication, I think it was. So, um, yeah, so a few places are, are doing online exhibitions. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think it is still difficult to a degree. Um, but, yeah, since uh, restrictions are easing, um, I know that um, in July... Um, one of my one of the local galleries in my area is going to reopen. So, yeah, oh, really yeah, right. no, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I think yeah, it's it's really important to have art reopening. Obviously, like need to be safe about everything and follow guidelines. But I think um, you know it's not technically a an essential service but having art around in the community it just like brings people back to life a little bit I think definitely um, and yeah I do think it's really important um and it's just it's nice to have something to do as long as I guess people are social distancing it's just um I mean retail stores are open so oh, yeah. art galleries art galleries should be open as well definitely I well I I thought that you know art galleries should have been the first to open and libraries because you know and the, yeah and libraries yeah, yeah people don't gather there as much as pubs and clubs but you know yeah. <laughs> um did you <laughs> the frustration <laughs> yeah did you hear about the the fact that um i can't remember where it is maybe it's manly or something um i saw it on the news there the um, council is commissioning artworks, like um, big sculptures, to do with like commemorating COVID nineteen and stuff. Yeah, I did hear a little bit about that, kind of like floating around on my feet or something. Yeah, yeah. I was like, whoa. And, <laughs> yeah, I think that's really good. Like, you don't see as many people around, but it's just nice to recognize people, and it's a it's an interesting visual thing to have around as well yeah so people like designers and artists are definitely um responding in real time to covid and they are taking the opportunities to create and they're using this as kind of like a um, like almost a platform i guess to put their work out there which is really cool and to recognize others yeah definitely i guess because the art industry has been one of the the industry's most to suffer because we're not seen as yeah. essential workers so <laughs> so it's helpful to have some work for you know big projects and stuff like that definitely yeah it's super important yeah um so have you discovered a new talent look there's like a few things that i've been working on but i wouldn't call them talent um, I, yeah, I, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't categorize them as um, talents, but I think one thing that I've been working on that I've put a bit of time into, I've taught myself almost how to touch type, which is a little bit random, but I think it's a useful skill to have, and I never really had enough time. I mean, I definitely would have had enough time. I just told myself that. <laughs> but, um, 
yeah like time to commit to learning it until now so you just have like so much I just have years and years of muscle memory that I need to like delete and then rewrite in a way so um but that's been interesting um and I'm still working on it I'm almost there um mm-hmm. so that's been one thing and then I've also given him the Wim Hof um breathing method ago have you heard of it no oh okay um yeah, Wim Hof is this like amazing Dutch man who practices a breathing technique that allows him to essentially like push his body to the limits. So he's done things like run half marathons barefoot on ice and things like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty crazy. But I discovered him on an episode of um, Gwyneth Paltrow's um, Goop documentary. She she has this. Um, show called Goop, which is about um, people in her business doing like experimental therapies, essentially, and it's on Netflix. It's really interesting. Um, and he was on one of the episodes, and these people were doing this breathing technique, and then they jumped into icy water in their swimmers and <laughs> swam to the shore, and they were fine because of this breathing technique. And I just thought, like, oh, people could do it. I'll give it a go. It can't be that hard. And yeah, I I guess it's like relatively easy if you've um, meditated before. Um, but if you want to try it, just make sure you're super safe about it and follow his guided instructions because like obviously you're working with your breath, so you've got to be careful. But yeah, that's been really interesting. Oh yeah. Awesome. Um, so... Have you stayed in contact with your cr- creative community at this time? Um, I, I have, probably not as much as I would normally, just because there's not as much physical contact. And I think, yeah, as I was, I keep coming back to this like whole um, creative space um, idea that like, it's always just really nice to have people in a room diving off each other. Um, yeah, but I think Instagram's been a good thing for me. Um, it's probably been the main way that I've been staying in touch with people and communicating with people and sharing ideas. Um, yeah, a few years ago I wasn't really a big believer in social media. Like I was a huge... I'm still, like, a bit of a skeptic. <laughs> um, Same here. <laughs> yeah, it, it has its pros and cons, definitely. But I, I think because I use Instagram for my business like I don't really put really any personal like super personal stuff up there and I think that's why I feel better about using it because Mm. I use it in like a super productive way and I think yeah if you use it in a smart way um social media can yield a lot of good it's almost bad because I like if there wasn't an algorithm I would be exposed to things that I don't look for that might be super interesting as well um but I do find a lot of my inspiration in the work of other artists that I follow and we encourage each other it's often a back and forth thing um and sometimes it does lead to like collaborating in real life on a cool project and I think yeah it's just a really great way of connecting with other creatives and networking as well people can see your work my pages 
almost my professional portfolio in a sense so it's it's cool because I think there's also the potential to like get more jobs from people discovering your page and um, also you can like give other people jobs on collaborative projects and it just like opens up a whole new kind of room of opportunities yeah so I mean mm. <laughs> you do have to be safe and yeah. savvy when meeting people online but yeah, it can have some really good outcomes sometimes. So I definitely yeah. agree. I, <laughs> I think it's kind of like, I mean, I don't like to put things that are too personal or usually I don't like to put anything personal on social media. But yeah. um, if there's a, an activist um, reason for putting something personal on social media, I'll do it. And at the moment I'm trying to um, start a movement well, I'm trying to change a law um, where, you know, people can't take photos of you in public or, you know, in your doorway without your permission um, in the, and they can't keep it. But you can um, surveillance someone if it's in the interest of your safety. Yeah. So I yeah, think yeah. it's important to think of yeah to think of that because you, if you say oh nobody can take a photo of someone in public um what if that person is causing you harm if that person is causing you harm and you can't take a photograph of it for the police then you know people are at more risk definitely so there mm. yeah there is like a bit of a there's a bit of a line there yeah yeah it's unfortunate that you know there's a lot of things that are amoral that should be illegal but aren't that yeah yeah I find that upsetting I I guess it's it is tricky because um obviously like I guess you have to take it like case by case but Mm. yeah yeah well good on you yeah art has a lot of power um and if you use it to be an activist like that's awesome but a lot of people like haven't like they don't tap into outside of art but I think it can be super powerful and Mm. and design as well like good art and design can be so powerful because you connect with people on an emotional level as well so yeah yeah definitely and I think you know a lot of you know civilians like people um don't tap into their democratic rights and you know our democratic rights are that we can actually oppose something if we want to like you know, because we don't live in a communist country, we have, we we can use our voice, and um, I, I actually sent an email to my local member of parliament about this law that I wanted to change. So, like, I was straight onto it, and I think you know, people might say, "Oh, you know, you can't do anything about it; it's not illegal." Bull, you can do something about it. <laughs> it's not illegal yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Not illegal yet. (laughs) You know, people can be photographed um, on the street and and they can go up to them and they can say, look, sir, I don't want to be photographed. Delete that photograph. And they can say, no, I'm keeping it. It's legal. And, you know, that person can do whatever whatever they want with that photo. Um, And, yeah, it's, like, really unfair because it's, you know it's a breach of privacy so it's it's like actually now that I think about it I think a lot of celebrities would probably like 
be interested in this because um <laughs> or not maybe they want to be photographed and then <laughs> well, tabloids to get the publicity you know there's like another side of it as well what if somebody isn't aware that they're photographed but they still would have wanted to be photographed yeah. like there's that that side of things as well which I think is why <laughs> I think it's like a consent thing as well because yeah it's totally consent you know thing. if somebody wants their photograph taken for publicity and they say yes you can take my photo like a lot of celebrities get really upset when people take their photo without their permission they and they yeah, can't delete yeah. it and they can put it yeah. all over I mean yeah maybe I should talk to Rebel Wilson because she she took yeah, Bayer Media. I was just going to say. Um, yeah, I mean, she's Australian. She's a woman. She's gone through a defamation case. So yeah, yeah, it hurt to reach out. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, uh, do you think that this pandemic has forever changed the art world? Definitely, yes. <laughs> it's, it's definitely changed the way artists mm. might think from now on or the way that like we frame um the way that we frame different like mediums we use and perhaps the values that we prioritize in our practice I I think that like in general the values that people prioritize are going to change a little bit and hopefully we'll I mean if it's for the better hopefully they will stay changed and there won't be this kind of like um return to um the way we were in a sense if there are some positive changes from this hopefully we can sustain them but um yeah i definitely think that in the digital and virtual sphere that um that area has received quite a bit more attention um but there's this other side where the whole world of handmade and arts and crafts has come back because people are spending more time with their families and at home and they have probably more downtime like a lot of people have more downtime um as opposed to commuting holidaying going on social outings spending nights out um etc so yeah i guess it's changed it's yeah i think it's changed and potentially it's changed some things permanently though like can only wait and see what happens so the next I don't know I think the next few years will be really interesting um just to see how everything pans out um yeah (laughs) what do you think um yeah definitely I think it's definitely changed the art world because I think that um you know we haven't really utilized I think I think it's changed the world to be honest like because we haven't utilized computers and and internet um nearly as much before as we do now so i think it will open doorways you know technological doorways for people um so do you have any advice for other wardrobe stylists artists and graphic designers at this time in the scheme of things i've just started out um but I would probably just say just keep doing what you do well so in mm-hmm. like I think in time we'll all be recognized for our hard work and our passion I think passion is something that um has helped to sustain us through this period and we really need to keep that going because it's what keeps us alive even if we're not even like working on it 
for rejection from women. Um, if you're passionate about what you do and you're willing to learn and you're willing to kind of talk to people about it, have a conversation, um, this COVID time has been a test and a challenge to um, discover what we're really passionate about as artists and designers and to work on that as well. Like it's given us a little bit of time to work on it. Having said that, you know, there is all this pressure to work on um, things and be really productive and make the most of um, all the time. And I think that a lot of people have in a way like struggled with that because sometimes you do just need a break. Even if there's nothing happening, I think COVID has been really emotionally and mentally draining for a lot of people and um having that like pressure to be super productive is just it can be a lot so i think also take that you know like work on use this time to work on what you love with a grain of salt because also some people just need to like take a break sometimes it's good to step away from work for a little bit and then like focus on something else and come back to it later or you know everyone's I think everyone's different but yeah it's good to reach out to other people as well and check up on them and see how they're coping and be proactive and look out for other people with that I mean it's looking after your um the peers in your creative community but it's also a really good um opportunity to network and to to connect with people online because I think a lot of people are more receptive to connecting online than they were a few months ago so connecting with people online and you know like chatting over the phone is easy and when going for a coffee isn't something that some people want to do it's like a good excuse to just have a quick chat over the phone and it, it just takes up like a few minutes of somebody's time so there's an opportunity there obviously work slow down for a lot of people um but at the end of the day the world needs artists and and designers we don't just make things look pretty we offer a space for people to connect with something um to connect with themselves to share ideas with others and i think also solve problems as you were talking about before, like you can use art in like powerful ways, even politically, or you can connect, like bring communities together, government funding for art and art installations in the community. So it brings people together. It's really powerful. Yeah, definitely. How do you think this pandemic has influenced style and trend setting? Um, the way I see it, the pandemic has put the world of fashion trends on hold a little bit um sure that there are like a, a greater number of laid-back styles emerging but i honestly think we will pick up where we left off when we arrive at new normal once social events etc start up again and i would like to think that there will be like a reemergence of repaired secondhand and vintage pieces obviously online shopping has increased and it is more about appeasing the customer now than ever before so being more convenient than ever before i'm not sure how that's affected fast fashion cycles um obviously people well people are buying online more than in store kind of as like ratio wise more now 
um, like the vibe that people are just consuming less overall. Um, and yeah, I think like online fashion and fast fashion, not that they're the same thing, but um, people are buying online because it's convenient. And I think they're kind of quite reliant on trends, which isn't a bad thing necessarily. I do like trends. Um, but I think following a trend doesn't automatically make someone um, like a stylish person. I think having style is all about self-expression and communicating an identity effectively through clothing. And I think now that we've had all this time inside, some of us have realized that um, the outside clothes we own, which is most of what we consume, I guess, um, normally, aren't as comfortable as... um, what we desire <laughs> now that we've had all this time in our trackies and our pajamas so um and yeah that's a real thing that's happening we we no longer um want to be fashion victims so loungewear is one big trend obviously but i think in other types of apparel um you know like workwear formal wear just like jeans and t-shirts things that aren't um loungewear specifically um, we're going to see a prioritization of comfort and functionality, which I'm really excited about. <laughs> I think there is going to be a bit of a shift in the mentality there. Like, um, people want to look amazing, but they also want to feel comfortable. And there's going to um, be some pressure, I think, for designers, for fashion designers, to create things that are equally as beautiful, but like more comfortable and easier to wear for longer periods of time i think workwear especially if people start going back to the office um i think (laughs) potentially a lot of women will be more opposed to wearing heels to work etc and Mm. just like ever i think everyone's just going to look for something that's more comfortable which is a good thing like i think at the end of the day also if you're comfortable then you kind of just like like radiating like a better vibe (laughs) you know so I think comfort's really essential in fashion as well um the pieces are interacting with the body so they do have to be like ergonomic and um and beautiful so there's like a huge balance there so yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens do you reckon the Ugg boot will make a return definitely (laughs) I'm, I'm hoping so, yeah. <laughs> I it's no longer as seen as, as much of a faux pas because consumers are more willing to um, wear something like that will make it fashion. Like if it becomes trendy, it's no longer daggy in a, in a sense. A lot of people now are wearing like these big chunky sneakers and that wasn't really a thing um, like a couple decades ago. That that was like a daggy thing to do to wear like jeans and sneakers but people are doing it now and it's cool so things evolve and i think that's definitely something that could happen like people just wearing ugg boots and like making it fashion (laughs) yeah definitely what what do you think about the masks do you think that that will become more of a fashion item or do you think it will just phase out at the end of the pandemic (laughs) i think the masks are a little bit of a novelty thing after this is over which like you know we don't really know specifically when that's going to happen but um 
people won't need masks as much. <laughs> and I think something like a shoe, for example, like we need to wear shoes anyway and we all liked our boots before this. But like now we're just wearing them more because we're inside. So um yeah, I think people aren't as used to wearing masks as like a fashion accessory and as like a normal part of quote unquote normal, like as a regular addition to an outfit. So it's going to be a little bit trickier, I think, for masks to become a thing when people no longer need to read them uh, to wear them for health reasons. But hmm. but it is interesting, like it could happen. So yeah, it it yeah, looks kind of. Well, it, it looks kind of striking, I think. It's know, quite striking, yeah. Yeah, and a little bit scary. It depends, right? Like, it can mm. look really cute, it can look, um, like, because it's on your face. So it yeah. does change how people perceive you in a way that, like, wearing a crazy T-shirt can't do because it's on your face and we're, like, programmed to read people's faces and, like, figure out what they're all about. Yeah, I noticed when I was wearing... Um, a mask at one point I was like you can't tell that I'm smiling or laughing <laughs> no yeah sometimes you can tell that people are smiling just by their eyes yeah but it's really difficult to read that because like if you're looking for somebody smiling I guess you automatically just think of like somebody's mouth curling up instead of somebody's eyes kind of like lighting up and it's yeah it is interesting. I think that's another thing that people have strangely had to adapt to is, like, you're in the supermarket and there are all these people with masks on and you're like, oh, gosh, that person with the trolley, they, like, annoyed at me that I'm standing in front of the tin tomatoes. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to read people. It's all about reading people, so. Yeah, definitely. Well, you could probably <laughs> make a mask that is kind of see-through, but I'm not sure if it would protect you much. Oh, that's a cool idea. I'm <laughs> sure that, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something to consider if this is going to be an ongoing thing and people do need to wear masks, then the designs will um, definitely evolve. Like, they've evolved so much now. You go online and there are all these DIY mask tutorials, and I made one. They're really easy, and I felt so funky. <laughs> Just, like, pick, pick a cool fabric definitely could become a trend because people are um seeking them out and investing time it's almost an art and craft activity you know yeah. making a mask yeah definitely <laughs> so, uh, it just depends on how much people grasp onto masks yeah definitely i, f I found it quite intriguing that um, I looked on Billie Eilish's Instagram and she actually wore a mask as a fashion item just before the pandemic's like yeah. lockdown started. I was yeah. like, you know, she usually comments on, you know, things like that, you know, you know, the scary, you know, anxiety in society and stuff like that. And I just thought, yeah, it's cool. It's, yeah, it's definitely a bit of a statement. Definitely. Well, thank you for talking with me, Phoebe. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Yeah, I've loved having a chat to you, Sarah. And um, good luck with everything in your practice and um, with the podcast series. I'm really looking forward to listening to all the episodes. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Bye. You have been listening to Getting Cultural in COVID Times a podcast promoting 
the existence of Virtual Nine Gallery, a virtual gallery with a personal touch. To check it out, go to virtuoso9gallery.wixsite.com slash mysite. Thank you.